welcome to episode 17 of the Read Between Podcast, the improvised storytelling podcast where we take the internet's weirdest suggestions and turn them into weird, wacky, and crazy stories through the power of improv. I'm one of your co-hosts, Evan. I'm your other co-host, Lynn. And joining us today as our third guest storyteller here on Read Between, he's a good friend of ours. He is a Lehigh Valley improv comedian. He's, uh, he's performing every second Friday at Steel Sacks with his team Cat Sweaters. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jeremy Ballant to the show. Welcome, Jeremy. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, guys. Thank you for being here. We're, we're really happy to have you on. I've been such a fan of yours for years. We've worked together in power hours and stuff yeah, like that. And it's a fan of yours, and I'm a fan of Read Between Podcasts. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, so for those who may not know who you are, you want to tell them a little bit more about yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Jeremy Ballant, and <laughs> I uh, do video for work. And I've got two little children, and I do improvised comedy currently with the team Cat Sweaters. Yeah. We used to be on Improv Comedy Power Hour, and now we're doing uh, the two-show show with Flumpernards. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, you guys were you guys were one of the longest-running Power Hour teams, I feel, during, I think, the entirety of Power Hour. You were together, like, two years during that run, right? Yeah, they were. And, and I actually joined... Um, later in it but i was always jealous that i wasn't in it it felt like you were like you were one of those members of like like kiss or something that joined later in the band and it's like oh you're the fourth guy the yeah other three that's together. how i feel yeah <laughs> that's definitely how i feel yeah. yeah but hey you're you're an amazing improviser we're so happy to have you here it's, yeah. this is our third guest storyteller episode both oh. of these the last two have been great so you got yeah. a lot to live up to i know i i, I heard I'm, <laughs> i'll do my best <laughs> well hey we we trust you and we uh we think you're gonna do great so awesome so uh for jeremy and for those who may be new to the show uh what we do here is in the first half of the episode lynn is gonna go through the reddit subreddit not the onion which has a whole bunch of headlines of stories that uh, the headlines are so crazy that you think they were actually on the onion you think they'd be fake but they're actually real so Lynn's going to give us a couple, and then we're going to decide amongst ourselves which one we want to uh, dive in and tell the story behind. Awesome. So, uh, Lynn, you got some uh, you got some stories, headlines for us? I do, I do. Okay. How's, how's Not the Onion looking this week? It's all right. It's okay. It wasn't as good as the other day, okay. but that's okay. It's still pretty good. Um, okay, so the first one. Man dressed as Elsa from Frozen pushes Boston police wagon out of snow. <laughs> oh, boy. That's... Um, I see a tiny thumbnail, and he's a very big man, fitting in a very tiny costume. Did they make Elsa costumes that big? I didn't. I, didn't I mean, that's realize. like that's like a, a meme that went around for a bit. Is like older dudes dressed as Elsa. Dressed as Elsa. <laughs> I've seen it a few times on on the internet. Is that is that a meme or is that like something that got out of a bad corner of the internet? So like, I'm not sure. I don't I don't like go in the depths of the internet. I just yeah. kind of skim the surface. Good to stay away from. But uh, I, I have definitely seen big men who may or may not be rather hairy dressed as Elsa. Oh, boy. Just saying. Um, next one. Steve from Blue's Clues wants to fight John Cena for hosting Job. Oh, for Blue. Oh, oh, is that for Blue's Clues? Yeah. Oh, my God. So skinny little Steve Burns. Who's oh like, gosh. he's always been very tidy. He wants to fight John Cena. Fragile looking. Yeah. <laughs> he's so, always been very small. So. Yeah. I, oh. John Cena is one guy, I don't care how nice he, I don't care how nice he is, he will still fuck you up. <laughs> I don't, you, you can be as mean as you want, he's going to still fuck you up. <laughs> he'll, he'll like smile as he's like punching yeah. you. It, it's, that man is scary, even in jorts. Voodoo dolls of bosses improve staff morale, study finds. <laughs> what? <laughs> so, like, if you make a voodoo doll of your boss and you poke it a little bit, you feel a little better. Wait. <laughs> Corporate America is really weird. Yeah. Je I feel like this is a product of Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk. <laughs> um, definitely not human resources. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Karen from HR would not have a good, good time with that. I can tell you, uh, just by looking from where the link was from, it's not a U.S. article, it's a U.K. article. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so there so, you go. So Tesco. What's <laughs> Tesco? Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So so we've got Elsa helping the policeman out of the snow. Yes. We've got uh, Steve from Blue's Clues wanting to, or John Cena wanting to fight Steve from Blue's Clues no, the other way around. Steve, wants Steve to wanting fight to fight him. John. And then we have the uh, the voodoo dolls in the office. Yes. <laughs> okay. What's your pre what do you like out of those three? I, I just 
I let the guest and you pick. Ooh. I just give you the options. Well, you know what? Let's. Why don't we have the guest pick? Today? Okay. Oh, Jeremy. Thank what are your you thoughts and what is you... a lot of pressure but I... <laughs> could you could you read the whole uh steve burns uh the headline headline again let me sorry I, I know they were fi- he was challenging him to, to fight for hosting duties is that for yeah for the hosting job because i think they're bringing back blues, blues clues. clues and i guess john cena's up for he like the hosting thing he was at like nickelodeon's upfronts i think oh, recently okay. and he came out in the in the green shirt and was like ah, da, 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 and did like a audition so oh i see yeah. so it's a it's a case of john cena stepping on the turf of, of steve, uh, burns. steve burns yes. and vice versa so now his retaliation would be i see yes yeah, yeah. Um, and the other one is that that Elsa helps a policeman out of the snow. Yeah, yeah. He, he pushed a. It was a um, a man dressed as Elsa from Fo- Frozen, and he pushed a police wagon out of the snow. Yeah, I think I so think not I just caught, like a policeman, just I, like a wagon. I think I caught the video clip. It was like it was stuck in the snow. It was like this. It looked almost like a mail truck, but it was oh, a police okay. wagon. It was more like a paddy oh, wagon. Oh, like a little sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was pushing it out of the snow. It was deep snow too. Oh, these are both really good. They're always so good. This yeah. is a good. Uh, I'm going to say Steve Burns. Steve Burns right. and John Cena. Because you like wrestling. I and do. I like children's television. <laughs> Our two favorite things colliding. This works perfectly. <laughs> oh, boy. So, as we as we all know, Blue's Clues was a show that ran in the 1990s on Nickelodeon with Blue, uh, the Blue Dog that was like that was animated, 2D animated. That would uh, that would help children learn different things, and Steve was the host, and mm-hmm. he would also help children learn. Um, and as we all know, John Cena is a uh, well-decorated uh, WWE superstar with uh, 16 world titles to his name. So children also love John. Children Cena. also love John Cena. Oh. Children love blue, and they also love John Cena. It's that blue and green combo <laughs> you can't ignore. <laughs> so, um, so when word got out recently that Blue's Clues was going to be rebooted. John Cena, um, in his home in West Newbury, Massachusetts, was sitting. He was sitting on his uh, on his throne, made of um, made of headbands and jorts, and he was thinking to himself, "You know what can I do to make children like me even more? Because they wear my t-shirts, they wear my headbands, they wear my armbands. They go they go see Ferdinand still in theaters, I guess." Yeah. I'm not plugging for no free ads on this show. <laughs> Ferdinand is not getting plugged. They they like to buy his tiny little towels that he carries around in his back pockets. That the yeah. That he throws into crowds. <laughs> he yeah. So he's like, what else can I do to endear myself to children? I know. Audition for a reboot of a show that that happened twenty some years ago, and then people will continue to like me for the next twenty years. Cut to a dark apartment. In Lower Brooklyn, <laughs> a single light is lit in the corner. Steve Burns sits alone. He turns on Nickelodeon from his thinking chair, and he sits down and begins to watch the Nickelodeon Kids Awards <laughs> and sees John Cena get on stage dressed in the very outfit with which he made his millions. And of course, as John Cena comes out, you hear, But for like for, for Steve, it's more like in minor key because to him everything is just falling apart. <laughs> so it's just burr, 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 just like slowly, just spiraling down the toilet drain, just like oh no, just seeing everything fall apart. And like the thing with Steve is that he would love to you know go and try and get his old hosting job back, but we all know that Steve was uh, let go due to uh, hair loss. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, that's actually true. That's very true. It's he very started true. losing his hair, and Nickelodeon was like, bye. Um, he was also not well-liked at Nickelodeon, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, and they were like, hey, uh, don't let the door hit you where the good lord split you. Um, again, that's good. True. That's, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, so, so, yeah, but but Steve, he's he'd actually been working for years to get back into Nickelodeon. Oh, yeah. And Nickelodeon didn't even know it. Um, years ago, when uh, when Nicktoons became a thing, Steve actually went undercover into Nickelodeon's animation studios and got a job as an animator. Mm. And 
if you've ever like you've heard the stories of like in Disney movies where they'll have like hidden penises in the mm-hmm. background of all yeah. the movies. You see drawing penises everywhere. Steve got hired as an animator on SpongeBob SquarePants, and okay. every episode he worked on, if you look really closely in the background, you'll see that there there is a very clear penis in the sky because you know how like the sky looks like flowers. But actually, you'll look around. If you look closely, there's some penises there. That was his doing. He was under a pseudonym of, I, I think it was like Dale Dale Dickland yep. was I, was his name. And, and Dale Dickland was never caught. But as a signature, he put a teeny tiny Mr. Salt and Mr. Pepper, also <laughs> very phallic, in the corner. Should anyone discover the penises within, they would know. The Banksy styling <laughs> of Dick, Dick, Dick L- what was his name? Dick Dickland. Dickland, <laughs> animator extraordinaire. Oh my god! And this continued not only on SpongeBob but over numerous shows over a five-year period. As told by Ginger. Um, yeah. Wild Thornberries. Wild Thornberries. He um, actually did it into the uh, animation of the name of Clarissa Explains It All at the beginning, oh, oh, man. which preceded him slightly. But yeah, yeah, because I know they did like remastered versions for DVD, yes, for like DVD, that's and did. that's when he did it. Yeah, they was hired as a contractor for it. But yeah, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, it's kind of like shitty that he was doing that, but Terrible. also um, work of genius. Yeah, just like no one ever has been as talented yeah. as. Steve and look was. how well uh, SpongeBob did in some of these other shows. I yeah. mean, the success yeah. is due unquestionably to Mr. Dickland. Yeah. Oh yes. So so as we cut back to the Brooklyn apartment. And we see Steve in his thinking chair. Uh, you hear in the background, very faintly, You just got a letter. You just got a letter. You just got a letter. Check out who it's from. And you see a letter just slide. A letter slides underneath his apartment door. Here's your mail. <laughs> <laughs> he gets up. He gets up, all the beer cans on the thinking chair fall <laughs> off. Kicks them off. Kicks them off, walks over, picks up the letter. Huh? He opens it. And it's a video of John Cena. John's just in the video just saying, Steve, how's it going, my man? John Cena, 16-time world champion here. I just want to let you know, man, I love your work on Blue's Clues. But your time is up. My time is now. And I'm going to be the new host of Blue's Clues. So, I like your blessing, and uh, I'm going to need to see Blue as soon as possible. So, so, so get her over here. So, Steve takes that letter, tears it into shreds in a fit of very slow, angry, and weak rage. Throws <laughs> them in the air and says, Alexa, call my uh, agent. Yes, Steve. <laughs> Listen to me. It's me, Steve Burns. You watching the Nick Kids Awards right now? Yeah, I'm watching the Nick Kids Awards, Steve. What do you want? So you see that effigy of me, that John Cena piece of garbage up there pretending to do my dances, pretending to move my moves, sing my songs? John's talented. What are you going to do? He's a talented guy. He's big. He's strong. The kids love him. You got to understand. The kids love him because they're scared of him. They're terrified of him. He's a bully. And I don't stand for any bullies, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do, agent, special agent. I am going to <laughs> fight that man to the death. Oh, really now? Really now. Well, uh, looks like uh, looks like I'll have to set something up here because this is going <laughs> to oh, this is going to make some money. Uh, yeah, it's going to make a lot of money. So you're going to need to set up a fight to the death ASAP, stat. I'm going to call up HBO pay-per-view right now, and we're going to get something set up. So uh, oh. you just stay by the phone, Stevie, and I'll get back to you soon. All right. I'm going to just sit here and flex a little bit. <laughs> Bye. So the fight was on. Steve Burns, John Cena, fight to the death. And this is this was no fake fight. This Mm-mm. is a real fight where they're duking it out until one of them is dead. Um, they, they shopped it to numerous networks. First, they went to HBO, and HBO was like, you fucking kidding me? Hell no. We got Sesame Street on here. We're actually, like, trying to be good. So just, we, we have both ends of the spectrum. We've got boobs and sex on Game of Thrones, and we have Sesame Street. We don't need, we don't need those two worlds colliding. 
But Steve wouldn't wouldn't let up, and he wrote them a very strongly worded letter pleading his case, stating that they had shows such as Sopranos and other shows with plenty of violence, and that they should let him fight his fight. And they they finally relented, and they agreed, under the condition that John Cena then got a five picture deal with HBO Films after it was over, and Steve Steve wouldn't get anything. So Steve knew he had to get ready for this, so he started training the only way Steve Burns can, gently. He went down to his rumpus room where he had all sorts of those inflatable sandbag-weighted clown things, except instead of the clown face, he cut out pictures of John Cena and gently taped them to it with two-sided tape that kept falling off, so he then glued them permanently. <laughs> and, he, and he also had, you know how they had, like, in the old uh, days, those wrestling buddies? Oh, yeah. Where it was those little little figures that you could, like, wrestle with, and, like, and they have John Cena ones. He actually, he would buy, he bought, like, 50 of those, and would just train slamming them up in, in the ground and just against walls. Just, this is as close as I'm gonna get to slamming him right now. And just throwing him around, putting him in chokeholds and everything like that. He bit off a couple ears on him. He did, he did. He got very talented at that, I would say. He also got staph infection from eating the (laughs) (laughs) The one question I have, though, if he was in an apartment in Brooklyn, how did he he afford a space that has a rumpus room? Actually, Steve Burns purchased an old auto garage (laughs) and turned, it, it had like, Two, it was a garage and then two uh, like garden apartment style buildings on the side mm-hmm. with a center open area. And he had it in a very hipster fashion remade into like a modern cool house with a uh, geranium. What, what do you call the uh, space for uh, plants to grow oh, in uh, and stuff in the middle? Like uh, it like has anium. Arboretum? No. It's an arboritum. Something like it's, that. Uh, he, he, it, there's plants in the middle yeah, of his house. Yeah. Like he has an outdoors in square in the okay. middle of his house. Okay. And uh, it's in it's in Brooklyn. And from the outside, it still looks like a garage. Wow. Wow. So totally so unassuming. Room for, it, it, complete. Oh, it's very assuming. Very. But you would assume it was a garage. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he also gets a lot of people coming by like late at night with their like beat up Toyota Corolla, just like, hey. You open, I got, I got this broken down. Yep. You gotta fix it. And he's like, sir, no, you're gonna have to go away. <laughs> he eventually had to put up a sign that said, no auto fixing here. <laughs> Even though he kept the sign up that says auto garage. Just Absolutely. because he liked the aesthetic. Yeah. And it's yeah. Brooklyn. It so retro. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. <laughs> so, so Steve. playing time room for a rumpus room. Yes. <laughs> so Steve's been training for months. However, John... John, on the other hand, uh, didn't take his opponent as seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all know John Cena. John Cena is an enormous man with enormous muscles that can deadlift hundreds of pounds. He can squat over a thousand pounds, I think, last I've wow. heard. So he's like, eh, I'm just gonna sit and watch watch television. And you're gonna sit and watch SpongeBob. He watched. He that's what he did for three months. He watched nothing but SpongeBob SquarePants. And actually, funny enough. He was fascinated by searching for all the hidden penises oh. that he had no idea were done by Steve Burns, and he and he he looked through and he's like, "Oh, there's another penis." Yeah. And next episode, look at that. There's another penis, and he'd be sitting there with his wife, and his wife was just, "What are you? What are you doing?" And yeah, absolutely. And he, his wife kept wondering why he kept over seasoning his food. He's, he's <laughs> so much salt and pepper on all of the food that his poor wife made, and she thought that maybe. She wasn't seasoning them well. It really broke her heart a little bit. Little did she know it was the subliminal messaging from yeah. from SpongeBob that was causing him to overseason his food. <laughs> but this caused a little bit of a rift between him and his wife, who felt that he was a little bit distant and that the seasoning of his food was was a an, an insult to her. Uh, all the work that she puts into his career, because she gave up her career, mm-hmm. and here he is, a big popular wrestler on places like the Nick Jr. Awards. And uh, and she's at home just cooking up dishes for him. Yeah, mm-hmm. she she gave up her career because his wife is actually a wrestler. Mm-hmm. She so right. she gave up her career as a wrestler so her husband could continue to be a wrestler. Yeah, man, it's so jelly bag Sanchez was no more. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Oh, she, she, Jellyback Sanchez was a star in Lucha Libre in Mexico. That's right. You, you just, you, you heard, you heard of names like Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and then Jellybag Sanchez. (laughs) Those were the three most popular names in Mexico in the late two, in the early 2000s. Her name is how she got you. Standing in the middle of the ring. Jellybag, can you just say it one more time? Just, just slowly this time. And then all of a sudden, she'd pull out of out of the back of her tights a jelly bag and just slap her opponent <laughs> in the face. That's her finishing. That was her finishing that was move. Her finishing move. Technically, it should get you disqualified, but in their in the, their case, the ref was like, "What? What? Yeah. Okay, they're down. One, two, three. That's right. So. And when John Cena saw her performing, he got these hearts in his eyes that were started out as small hearts, but then they became big hearts, and then small hearts again. Then they went to big hearts and small hearts again, and then. Uh, went to Big Hearts and they made like a truck sound like like that kind of thing and she saw him in the audience and she said you you will be my man and uh, and yeah they've been doing great ever since until today until today when uh, when just a few days before the fight Jellybag Sanchez couldn't take it anymore mm-hmm. and she filed for divorce yes it left it left John devastated oh, just but Crying and eating ice cream. Why did you leave me right before my fight? My big fight. My big fight with Steve. How am I gonna beat Steve without somebody in my corner? And you know, Steve and John was despondent. He was he was just depressed. Yeah. There was no getting him out of his funk. However, Steve, over the course of four months, he put on twenty five pounds of muscle. Yes. Twenty five pounds of pure muscle. Mm-hmm. No steroids, nothing. Just all natural. All natural. Steak, steak, potatoes, and throwing around car parts. (laughs) Because even though he converted that auto garage, there were still parts in there. So he was lifting bumpers. He was throwing rims everywhere. You know, that's that's how you work out in an old auto garage. You're just throwing around parts that are left around. Yeah, and if you go in there to this day, the 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 rumpus room is still filled. With all sorts of car parts with John Cena's head on them. A bumper with John Cena's head. A tire with John Cena's head. Another tire with John Cena's head. Over there's a tire with John Cena's head. Where'd the fourth tire go? <laughs> he actually ate it. Because he, he got so mad at one point that he just ate the tire. Because he was, I'm so mad at John! He just had to eat the tire because he couldn't look at it right. anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is why there's only three tires. Yes. <laughs> so, so, fight day arrives. Steve is looking jacked. Oh yeah, he's looking ready to go. And John, in the span of three days, John has gained twenty five pounds of fat <laughs> from eating nothing but Ben and Jerry's and pizza, and all of it is in his neck and his tummy. <laughs> so he's still pretty ripped, uh-huh. but he's also very Buddha ish. Yeah, <laughs> he's got sort of a dad bod going on yes. without without having children. Yeah, and his hair got like curlier and long uh we never really get to see it get very long but it's like he's got like a curly 70s um welcome back cotter haircut (laughs) (laughs) so they both make their entrances john makes his typical but of course the whole time he's coming out he runs out of breath by the time he runs out from behind the curtains he, but he comes out to the ramp. He's like, <gasps> he can't. He can barely lift the little towel up in the air to show all the. And instead kids. of throwing it, he's just dabbing himself. He's just getting he's all the sweat off sweat. of him. Yeah, so <laughs> he doesn't run down the ring like he normally does. He just calmly walks. He just calmly walks, tries to save himself. Yeah, and he tries to play it off as like, no, I'm just stoic and badass because yeah. I'm risking my life for kids' television. Right. What are you doing on the couch? <laughs> So he makes his way, and then Steve, he actually come, he comes out, he comes out to like this badass metal music. It's right. like, it's like, I'm talking like Slayer. He comes out yeah. to Raining Blood by Slayer, and he's got a baseball bat with barbed wire in one hand and a steel chair in the other hand, and he just screams at the top of his lungs when he comes out. He's just, and runs down to the ring, throws the foreign objects inside, and slides in, and gets right up in John's face and just staring him down, all wild eyed, just I'm coming for. And meanwhile, John Cena's just staring back, and it's like a sad puppy. <laughs> like, you just kind of want to pet him and tell him it's going to be okay, but also, like, he's about to die. Yeah. So that would be a lie. Yeah. And the audience has been following along with what's been happening to John Cena, and they're very sympathetic to him. Yeah. So uh, the tables are really turned on the audience's favor, and they 
uh, empathize so much with John Cena and they really detest uh, Steve Burns because they feel that he drove them to it even though they don't even know that he actually did drive them to it they just blame him mm -hmm. because the way that the media spun it so we're all expecting people to be proud of Steve for standing up to the big mean bully and the tables have turned on Steve and yep. he's the piece of garbage he's the monster that's the bully now yeah it's amazing what happens in three weeks on Twitter <laughs> <laughs> Twitter videos and tweets will just completely change his opinions yeah. absolutely he so. periscoped eating the fourth tire <laughs> <laughs> It got like a million. It got like a million live views. Like, like really popular. Yeah. People called an ambulance. They thought he was for sure going to die. Yeah, and he was really bummed out because initially he had tried to vine it, yeah. uh, but vine was gone, and he ate the whole tire for nothing. <laughs> and then he, he tried to do it for Instagram too, but then he realized, shit, I only get like a minute and a half. That's not enough time to eat yeah, this whole tire. No, he needed more time. So he, when he started the periscope, he was like three quarters of the way done with the tire. He's like. Well, I already ate the face, so... <laughs> now, now I'm just eating rubber. Now you guys just watch me eat a quarter tire. <laughs> What's the point anymore? <laughs> so so they're in the ring. Mm. Bell rings. Fight begins. You know, Steve starts off going at him with some haymakers. Just oh, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Right to John's face. And John's, John's just trying to cover up because he's just like, I'm, I'm not expecting this. This is not what... I'm not used to real punches. <laughs> My fights are scripted. <laughs> And the audience is boo, boo. Yeah, it's it's a it's it's very rare in this case to hear John Cena being cheered that much because typically it's like very half and half with him. Like with wrestling fans, it's you either hate him or you oh, love him. So sure. so in this case, it's like they're all behind him. So yeah. so hearing that like that that those boos on, on Steve just gives Cena this like this burst of energy, and this will to fight. So Cena comes back, rah, bah, just starts punching him in the gut. Punch him in the gut, kicking him in the gut, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Steve is Steve reaches down, pulls the steel chair, bam, hits Cena in the head, smashes him right in the head, and then he grabs his side table drawer and he he takes it out and he asks him, "Hey, side table drawer, what move do I do next?" And he goes, "Do the punchy, do the punchy." So he brings over the side table drawer right in front of him, and everybody's wondering what's going on. And John Cena's not even moving; he's just depressed, man. And he puts down side table drawer. Side table drawer extends the drawer right into John Cena's nuts. Oh. And the audience just gasps. Oh. oh, man. And then he says, I'm the Steve I never fail. I'm the Steve I never fail. Here it comes another whale. And he kicks him in the nuts and he goes, whale. <laughs> And then he takes out his thinking pad and he draws a whale. And it's really cute and plump and it looks like a different hand drew it. <laughs> and then, because of course his thinking pad is this magical pad, this whale that he draws flies out from off the oh, pad yeah. into real life <laughs> in the middle of the air like Free Willy and then lands right on top of John. Splat. Splat. And John is just... John is beaten down. It's it's only thirty seconds into this match, and he's already he's already looking worse for wear than he's ever looked before. Yeah, and the audience looks like the 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 crowd at the Hindenburg. They're all just crying and brokenhearted and holding one another. Yeah, it's tragic. And and John's just thinking to himself, man, all of this over just a, a silly kids show. I didn't think it would come to this. And at that very moment, from the crowd. Jelly bag Sanchez <laughs> run in and she says, John, take these jelly bags. And she throws <laughs> jelly bags at John. John catches the jelly bags. They give him strength because he knows there's still love inside. It's like Popeye. Yes. Instead of spinach, it's jelly bag. But he did eat one of the jelly bags. And she said, No, don't eat the jelly bag. Hit him with the jelly bag. <laughs> he rises to his feet slowly. There's triumphant music for some reason as he as he gets taller and taller. And his tummy gets a little tiny bit smaller, but it makes like a sound effect and goes boop. And then <laughs> he looks at him and he says, Steve, eat a jelly bag and throws a jelly bag right at Steve's head. Steve tips over as if on roller skates, blackened and his ego bruised. 
He stands up slowly and says, Don't hit me, mister. Don't hit me. I just want to be Steve again. I miss the kids. I miss the my friends. I miss Magenta, you know, the neighbor's kid. I miss them all. Come on, Johnny Cena. You're taking all I got. And with that, John looks at Steve and says, You know what? I don't think I ever really wanted this gig anyway. Thought it was, you know, I thought it was for me, but... But now I realize I'm actually where I should be, in the ring, in front of crowds, in front of these people, doing what I love, fake wrestling. That's right. And as he turns around and the crowd is so happy and, 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 and feeling wonderful for him and showering him with flowers, Steve slowly rises behind him, picks up his thinking chair, and smashes it over John Cena's poor head. <laughs> John Cena looks around and goes, what? (laughs) (laughs) And then falls asleep in the thinking chair. With that, they thought that John Cena was dead. Like, he wasn't moving anymore. So they were like, all right, well, I guess we have a winner. And so they go on stage and they they hand Steve the the contract. And Steve is looking it over and and reading over the the contract. And he goes, you know what? I think I'm just going to go make music with the Flaming Lips. And then he just throws the contract on John Cena and walks away. And when John came to, he saw the contract. He looked at it. And he said, I'm just going to go be with Jellybag now. <laughs> and he walks away from the contract. And that's what led to the open casting call <laughs> for the Blues Clues auditions last week. <laughs> Wayne Cohen of the Flaming Lips sees this goes down to audition as blues for blues clues and suggests that they change the art direction a little bit of the show and it becomes a very very psychedelic hr pop and stuff esque <laughs> 2d animation of multiple eyeballs and spinning twirlies in the background lots of pinwheel play and all sorts of shenanigans take place on blues clues these days <laughs> And Nickelodeon executives who were in the audition looked at him and were like, yeah, you know what? That makes sense. It works. That works. The kids will love it. Yeah. Approved. Big old stamp right on top of the script. <laughs> the end. And that's how we got Blue's Clues and the Electric Spectacular Wonderful Machine Time. <laughs> Episode one. Coming June 2018. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That was oh my a... God. That was a roller coaster ride. Oh my god! I was sad, but then I was glad. <laughs> it ended. It ended up working out for everybody. <laughs> everybody was battered and bruised, but they left happy. So, except Whoa. that tire. That yeah, tire didn't make out. That so tire. Well. R.I.P. Fourth tire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hashtag hashtag fourth tire lives on. <laughs> Periscope. You can still find it in some places. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Well. I think after that story, we should take a break. Yeah. Take a break. We'll come back. We'll do another story with Jeremy here. Let's do it. Who, God, man, I'm excited (laughs) to tell another story because that was great. So stay tuned. We'll be right back with another story here on Read Between. Hey, guys. Evan here along with Jeremy. Hi. So, uh, so we're here to just kind of talk about some of the uh, some of the stuff we got going on here in Lehigh Valley, is with like improv and comedy in general. Yeah. So, uh, so I'll let our guest Jeremy kick it off and let us know what he's got going on with uh, with his comedy stuff. So, you bet. I am doing um, the second Friday of every month at Steel Stacks. We do uh, the two show show with Cat Sweaters and the Flumpa Mars, who are not monsters but are very funny. And the Cat Sweaters is an eight-person improv team that used to do the Improv Comedy Power Hour and all uh, all super, super crazy funny people. And uh, yeah, I'm just happy that we're all playing together again. We were on hiatus for a few months and we are back. Yeah. Yeah. And, and let me tell you folks, their shows are some of the most high energy improv shows you'll ever see. These, I mean, these people have been performing together for months and months, years even. So these folks know each other really well. They're, they work super perfectly together. They do some of the funniest improv I've ever seen. So if you're in the Bethlehem, Pennsylvania area, come check them out. Second Friday of every month, 
with the Flumpo Narfs, who the Flumpo Narfs are not people, they're not a group no. you want to sleep on. No, no. Uh, and you better clean under your fucking bed before oh, yeah. they before they come, because they 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 will uh, they'll find you and they'll know what's under your bed. So uh, so yeah, check out Jeremy as well as the rest of the cat sweaters um, at that show. Uh, do you have you guys have a Facebook page, right? Yeah. So um, the cat sweaters is Facebook slash I think cat sweaters improv and. Um, believe we have a not very frequently used Instagram, but um, yeah, there's plenty of stuff on the uh, Catsworth page, and we, we post pretty silly videos frequently, and we try to check in quite a bit with everybody, so it's a nice uh, it's a nice destination for your internet joys. Yeah, because Jeremy does a lot of the video work with Catsworth, I think. Yes. A lot of those promo videos and stuff you put together, my god, man. <laughs> Your vision is amazing, and some of the stuff you put together is absolutely incredible. So yeah, go go check out their page, check out all of Jeremy's work, check out everybody in Cat Sweater's work, oh, yeah. um, and make sure you go check them at a show. Yes, and I'm usually Jaleeb Carew everywhere, so if, you, uh, if you're looking for me online, look for Jaleeb Carew. Yeah, where did that come from, by the way? I was always, oh. I was always intrigued to learn the origin of that name. The origin is that uh, I never had really used a computer yeah, through high school and college, and uh, one of my last years of college, I got a Windows 3.1 machine, mm -hmm. um, and I had to register a like not my software software, uh -huh. and I was word processing software, so not really a big crime. Uh -huh. And uh, I mashed the keyboard, and it said J A L E B C A R U, and uh, probably because I was used to typing Jeremy or something, so. Uh, I then made that my fake uh, name. Oh, okay. And I like that it's, uh, you can't really tell anything about somebody with that name. And <laughs> I thought that was a lot of fun. When I when I first started doing Power Hour with you, and I saw you on, I thought that was your actual name until I actually saw, oh, oh Jeremy Bowne. It's <laughs> on, he's on the cast list. I'm like, oh, wait, I thought his name was Jaleed. It's like, no, it's not. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so thank you for filling me in on yeah. your history. I appreciate it. <laughs> awesome. Love, love talking about um, origins of things. Origins are my favorite. Awesome, awesome. Well, as for me, uh, I've got God, a lot going on. Um, oh, yeah. So we're starting up the new round of the Improv Comedy Power Hour, which is every second and fourth Saturday at Steel Stacks. Uh, sat every second and fourth Saturday at 10.30 p.m. Uh, so if you want to look up more information on that, as well as Jeremy's shows, uh, you can go to www.steelstacks.org slash comedy. I'll have all the information on all the shows and everything going on there. Um, I'm also doing my first sketch comedy show in the beginning of April called Challengers of the Well-Known Except Nothing Dirty. So oh, nice. Yeah, so it's that's going to be good. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We've had a couple rehearsals now, and my God, some of these sketches. Oh, oh boy. There, there's some fun ones. So. It's a great crew you got. Yeah. This is a good going to be great. Yeah, so that is on Saturday, April 7th at 10.30 p.m. There's also talk of there possibly being an early show, so there may be two shows that Wow, so, nice. Yeah, so uh, so keep posted to the Steel Stacks page for that information as well. Hey, you want to see both. Yeah, go sure. see both. Go see both shows. See us twice. Buy two tickets. Buy four tickets. Buy one for somebody else to come see both of them. Or give them to other people that'll go see the show. Just buy tickets, please. Buy tickets for everything we do. Yes. If that's one thing we'll, we'll get out of this promo is we want you to buy a ticket. Also buy tickets for things that other people do at the same places. Yes. And also at different places, too. Yes. Yeah. If, if it's, it's the, yeah, the same people, different places. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Just buy just buy a ticket to something. Even if you just buy a roll of tickets. Just buy, buy, buy tickets. Don't, don't buy those raffle tickets because that won't get you into anywhere unless you buy them from an actual raffle. Yeah, yeah. Don't buy don't buy bullshit tickets. Buy real tickets. Okay, I think we've I think we've done enough promoting here. So, <laughs> so, uh, so uh, now that we're done promoting, uh, let's go back to the show and let's tell another story. And we are back. You're back from, from our break, did some promos, got some water, got up, stretched our legs a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're ready to go. Mm-hmm. So how are you feeling after that first story, Jeremy? Feeling great. Feeling good? Good. Loving life. <laughs> good. <laughs> good. If you were hating life, I'd have a, I'd be really worried at this oh, point. So. Man, I, I hated life before I got here, and now I'm loving life. Hey, oh, good. Real, real turn. Awesome. <laughs> you can leave happier than you came in. That's what we're here yeah. for, so that's perfect. 
Okay, so for Jeremy and for people who may not have listened to the second half of a podcast before, which, if you haven't, why did you stop listening after the first half before? What's your problem? No, seriously, tell me what's your problem. No, it's fine. We'll talk about it later. Um, so what we do here in the second half is I use I go to a website called FantasyNameGenerators.com, which has a book title generator. And you can pick, a diff- pick any one of these different genres, and it will randomly generate book titles based on that genre. So, uh, Jeremy, I'll give you the genres, and then you tell me which one you want me to spin on. Oh, okay. Awesome. So, we have adventure, children, drama, fantasy, horror, humor, mystery, nonfiction, romance, and sci-fi. Which one do you want me to spin on first? Ooh. Let's do... Let's do sci-fi. Sci-fi. All right. One, two, three. Okay. Um... So I'll tell you right now, a lot of these don't make a lot of fucking sense. Okay. But uh, but there's some <laughs> there's some good ones in here. So uh, there's one called Volunteers with a Spaceship. <laughs> and there's also one called uh, Veterans and Boys. In or and? Veterans and, okay. not in. I got scared and. for a moment. No, and. <laughs> so out of the out of those, which one do you like better? I'm going to say the one that doesn't sound like a pedophile. So volunteers <laughs> with a spaceship. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's that's an awesome yeah. title. Okay, so that's one. All right, so uh, next category you want me to spin on. The next um, genre. Let's do romance. Romance. Getting romantic up in here. Oh, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, there's one in here because, of course, this doesn't make sense. Sounds of the... That's all it is. Sounds, sounds of the. Yeah, sounds of the. That's all it says. Sounds of the. It tried. Um, boyfriends of heaven <laughs> is another one on here, which I actually really like. <laughs> I think that's good. <laughs> you, there's also Sweetie of Eternity. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh my God. So out of those, <laughs> Jeremy, which one do you like? Oh. I'm gonna say the the third one is is the funniest one, but I think that boyfriends of heaven is that what it is? Boyfriends of heaven, mm-hmm. yes. I think that's got yes. a lot of legs. So that's, right. that's a good one. <laughs> All right, boyfriends of heaven. Yeah. So that's number two, and the final genre, uh, mystery. Mystery, yes. Get a little mysterious yeah. in there. Okay. Again, <laughs> grammatically make no sense. Eight. Uh, <laughs> Agents of a person, <laughs> parrot of a person, horses and spies, <laughs> password in the forest, crushed by the dark. My God, there's a lot of good ones in here. Guardians of the underground, Lord of the sea. Man, there's some good ones. Oh, they're all good. They're I like great. password in the forest and crushed by the dark. Ooh. Don't quite. Un- Man. I liked agents of a person. It's like people living inside of you being agents for you. Like, how does that play out? That's in. That's interesting. What do you think, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I, I think agents of a person. Okay. Is, is a good one. Is a lot. All right. Lot to figure out. With that one. So we have agents of a person, volunteers with a spaceship, and boyfriends of heaven. Yes. Out of those three. Which one do you choose? This is tough. Can I, I hear them again? I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, volunteers with a spaceship, boyfriends of heaven, and agents of a person. Okay. Um, I, th- I think we got to do volunteers with a spaceship. Volunteers with a spaceship. I think so, yeah. All right. I think we're obligated to. <laughs> we are obligated to do so. <laughs> well, folks, it's now time to tell the story. Of volunteers with a spaceship by Jessica Monroe, <laughs> age twelve. Illustrated by her sister, age six. Cassie. Oh, <laughs> uh, so aliens are beings that we don't quite understand. Mm. We think we know a lot about them, and we say that we know a lot about them, but aliens have been creatures that that have evaded us and evaded our understanding for very long, especially their technology. Yeah. Scientists state that if they know 20% about the contents of the sea, 
and they own know 15% about the contents of our very solar system, they know 0% about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they preface it with both, with both of those percentages. <laughs> Scientists. Scientists, man. <laughs> They're very methodical. They and of course we've seen numerous movies and television shows where the scientists claim to claim to know everything about alien technology, sure. how they got here, and UFOs and everything about them. Sure. But the thing that people don't quite understand about aliens and UFOs is that while they did travel the galaxy, they actually were doing a lot of of volunteer work in those in those UFOs. Sure. It actually was the alien race that first invented ride sharing. It's true. Yes. The uh, Uber was initially um, a plan from a far distant species of creatures named Uberatus, <laughs> Amantis. And they came to our planet to help us commute in a way that was more economical and good for the environment. <laughs> it it actually started as a, as a space as a galaxy to galaxy transport system, where you could on their uh, on their galaxy phones, not Samsung Galaxy, but Galaxy Galaxy phones. <laughs> they could use the they could use the they could use the Uberus app because it was called Uberus. They almost called it Huberus, mm. but they realized it sounded too close to a to a human word, so they change that yeah. mm. uh they use the uberus app they call up where what galaxy they want to go to and a ship will just come out of warp pick them up and take them where they need to go and it might be a serial killer it might just be a good guy looking to make extra money yeah but but ufos were used for this specific purpose and and they used it for light years and, right. and actual years too decades year i'm just saying years a lot i'm saying different different forms of the word gear but they use it for a long time and then one of these one of these aliens came to Earth, disguised as a human, mm-hmm. um, became the CEO of what we know as Uber today, mm. and started this started this company, and uh, and it all all the while realizing that he was he was doing his alien friends proud. Yes, but he knew that there were other ways that he could perform volunteer work. For the human race using ufos and that's why he began the big sister big brother program and he went around dressed as different types of humans sometimes it would be like a fancy human with like a really (laughs) good job and maybe a suit and other times it would be like urban humans for like different kinds of kids so that he was really making all the different kids feel like they have a big brother that looks like them but isn't from their family and also understands a lot of their trials and tribulations. So they had to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years collecting data on us so that they could effectively um, execute this big sister, big brother program. Yeah, they, they've, actually, they've actually been on Earth since the 1700s. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, the big, big brother. Yes, studying us. Yeah, they, they were actually part of the Revolutionary War. Not many people yeah. know that. They were no. here. They were here for that, and, and they could have helped, but they, they didn't. They were there to collect strictly to collect data. Yeah, yeah. They were they were in the they were in the homes in the countryside. That's right. Some of them were even wives of the soldiers. Mm-hmm. They would come home, honey. How was the battle? Mm-hmm. And we're just downloading data the entire time, mm-hmm. when nobody even knew what data was at that point. Meanwhile, these husbands just thought like they had awesome wives yeah. that were like supportive and sympathetic, but and attentive, asked questions and really listened. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, made portraits of them coming home from the war. <laughs> Letter, little did I know it was all for a history book. <laughs> so, um <clears throat> so this new program with the big brothers and big sisters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of it a lot of data that they had was on adults. Mm-hmm. We, we knew how human adults worked. But what about, like, the little ones? They seem to be different. They can't, like, use the bathroom until they're, like, five or something. So, you know, what, so, what's with that? So they started their Jump Street program where they started going to daycares. 
and dressed as little children. And usually they would be the most well-behaved kids. Mm -hmm. So when the fake alien mom would come and pick them up, the the people who worked there were always so delayed. Everyone else gives us so much trouble. And your little Jimmy, he's so well-behaved, so good, just sits there (laughs) patiently listening. All the time, just listening. He never talks to the other children. He just listens. And then the moms would always get curious. Oh, tell me about these other children. Why can't they poop on their own? <laughs> is it is it because they don't like the feeling? Do they do they need additional help from other sources? How do the tiny beans? Why do the tiny beans get soup and the big ones get sandwiches? I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> one time, one of these Jump Street candidates started thinking he was human. And he just started, you know, not pooping, playing with blocks very bad. His nose became very runny. Mm-hmm. He was uh, just just becoming a child. So when, when, the, uh, when the alien came to retrieve him at the end of the day and they said, you know, I'm a little worried about Jimmy. He's really been uh, mischievous lately. The uh, alien knew and brought him out into the parking lot and executed him. God. This was like, this became like a national headline overnight, not even, in an hour probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was on Twitter within minutes. It was yeah. it was like, oh my god, you know we have cameras, right? Like, Yeah, and the mom, the, the alien dressed as a mom, made a big show about it. It, it was like a, a, like a Pulp Fiction stance. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, the other one with the ear. And uh, pointed the gun <laughs> and, and made a big dramatic thing about it. And all the people inside were very surprised. So... From that moment on, the the Boys and Girls Club was actually transferred to a real human who from that day on made this really wonderful program that I think we've benefited quite a bit from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But they weren't the only volunteers. Yeah. There were also a group of aliens that started something called Habitat for Humanity. (laughs) Now, initially, they called it something else because they're aliens. But when they brought it to us, they wanted us to feel comfortable with it. Yeah. So they called it Habitat for Human A.T. <laughs> <laughs> the, the original name was actually, if, if humans knew what it was, they'd freak the hell out. It was, of course, Prison Colony for Non-Alien Beings. <laughs> That's right. That's what it was called. And retired President Jimmy Carter was initially the head of it. <laughs> When it first started, because he made it feel more person-y, because he seems kind of fumbly and mm-hmm. fun and light. Um, I owned a peanut farm. These yeah. hey, aliens aren't that bad. <laughs> and he's pretty good at nailing things. He nails the. He, he takes out his hammer. He whacks the little uh, the little nail into the wood, and before you know it, you've got a house. Yeah, and, and it's it's actually funny because. These aliens utilize technology that has never been seen before in terms of house building. Mm -hmm. You know how, like, on those Extreme Makeover Home Edition shows, they can turn around building a whole new house in three days? Oh, yeah. That's actually alien technology. What you're not seeing is over those 72 hours, it's just this wood and home generation process that's just happening. It's just data is being transferred Mm -hmm. into this wood that's just building itself over the course of 72 hours with a brand new home and a brand new Toyota Tundra in the in the driveway. <laughs> well, that's why they park the Winnebago in front of it before they show it to you because it's being like magically made like a 3D printer yeah, is designing the, it. The in, the interior is still being finished. Yes. And the, the Tundra is on it's is getting its fourth wheel. Mhm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Callbacks. <laughs> Luckily Steve Burns didn't eat this fourth wheel. Yes, no. Thank God he didn't. Thank God. But <laughs> But yeah, so so Habitat for Humanity kind of spawned into that, into this whole weird thing where it got television shows involved and everything like that. So it became very successful. And one of the other not well-known volunteer organizations that actually started from Aliens was the was the Salvation Army as well. Yes, mm. Salvation Army, the you know the people that are out every Christmas mm. ringing the bells for to collect money. Um, it was actually. They would ring, um, they would ring bells, mm-hmm. but these bells were the size of the Liberty Bell oh, that yeah. they would ring, and it would it wouldn't be just one alien; it'd be fifty, just yeah, standing right. ringing a giant bell, 
outside of a spaceship. It was one bell, but it had a lot of those little like dangly hammers that looked like the thing in your throat, <laughs> and they would have strings on them, mm-hmm. and they would swing them around circular-wise. So it would not only would it make a nice bell hit sound, mm-hmm. but would also scrape the side of the bell and give like a, a glissando effect and make it sound really, <laughs> really spacey, yeah. like an alien. And the, they called it the ideal, the idea bell, and that's where they got all the ideas for their altruistic ventures. And uh, one time they were ringing the idea bell, and they said, uh, "We should do something for the humans to help the other humans that cannot eat things. So we will make the Peace Corps." And they came down to Earth, and they said, "Human, meet human. This human, no food. This human, yes, food." Share food. <laughs> they, and then the second alien came down. Human, meet human. This human, no shirt. This human, yes shirt. That's right. This human, yes shirt. This human. And so they both got into one shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and a third alien came down and said, Gleep Gloop, what are you doing? These are not the cavemen people. These are modern people. This is the 1900s. These people are talking and and uh, making whiskey and doing all sorts of building. They built pyramids hundreds of years ago. Don't talk to them like that. And everyone was really embarrassed, but a little bit like they were laughing at us. <laughs> and then another alien came down and went, human. Meet human. This human, no whiskey. This human, yes, whiskey. Share whiskey? And then all four aliens and all eight humans proceeded to drink whiskey and get drunk. (laughs) And share each other's shirts. And share each other's shirts. And the one guy that was in the other guy's shirt threw up on his shirt and had to apologize to the guy whose shirt it wasn't even because he was inside the shirt and still had puke. On the shirt he was wearing. Because at that point, they had shared ownership of that one right. shirt. Yes, yes. For that short Come period of time, they were co-owners of that shirt. Yes. <laughs> so eventually, um, eventually America caught on to what was going oh, yeah. on with with this alien business. Area, Area 51 figured it out pretty yep. fast. But they let them have their heyday yep. with the whiskey and the food and the shirts and the babies. But but in actuality, Area Fifty One, people think it was it was a research facility where we took aliens and like picked their brains and mm-hmm. tried to figure everything out. We did pick their brains, sure. but we picked them in a different way. We sat them down and had think tanks with with aliens, yes. and we just we had brainstorming sessions oh, yeah. mm-hmm. of new ways that we can help the human race because they seem to know a lot about these things. They figured out ways to help people before. Absolutely. You know? And it was those very meetings where they came up for the idea for Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23. <laughs> they, <laughs> they also, uh, they also, they created a lot of your favorite shows. They created Spin City. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they created Two and a Half Men. It's great. And Big Bang Theory. Big all Bang oh, yeah. Theory. No, Chuck Lorre is an alien oh okay mm. i've always thought he looked suspiciously yeah. like an alien oh yeah and those those cards those vanity cards he puts up at the end of the shows they're uh. secret messages to other planets oh. mm. see i've always i've i've always wanted to stop and read one of those but i was always afraid that it was going to say something really weird or it wrong is and... never worth it to read those huh. okay <laughs> they and the aliens also they also created dr quinn medicine woman oh yeah yeah it was it, it was sort of that whole thing because they also invented the Red Cross as well. Yes, mm. another well known volunteer oh, yeah. organization. Mm-hmm. Um, you know because aliens came down. Oh, human, you hurt. Human, you know hurt. You human, help this human not be hurt. <laughs> Granted, this was 1955. Yeah, and, and the still... other human was a doctor. And... <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Doctor Quinn. Her name was Dr. Quinn, so that's where they got the idea for uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. It was like, yeah, in like in memorium kind of situation. <laughs> they like... found out she died and wanted to make a show. Aw, uh, Quinn died 200 years ago? Let's make a movie. <laughs> they made a movie, too. They oh, made yeah. both the TV oh, yeah. show and a movie. Well, it's yeah. got to be paired together. Yeah. That's how you hit the money zone. <laughs> they also, they also uh, created what is commonly... They also created the Marvel Cinematic Universe. <laughs> 
That's right. Absolutely. They didn't know how well Iron Man would do, but when yeah. it took off, they, they locked in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Kevin Feige is actually an alien. He sure is. He <laughs> sure is an alien. As well as Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is like an ambassador for the aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Foggy doesn't even hide it. He's got like an alien name on purpose, and uh-huh. he wears very shiny business suits. He does, mm-hmm. which is very futuristic. And and the baseball cap that he always wears is only hiding his little alien nubs at the that's top right. of his head. It's 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 that's it's very subtle, but you know yeah. that's that's why that's what he's hiding. You can see it. Mm-hmm. If you look close enough, you see the alien. Nubs. You'll see him. Yeah. Yeah. And part of the reason that they put all those end credit scenes is to control the masses because while we're in there watching the movie they're outside fucking with our cars and uh, you know they're looking through our glove compartment to just find to gain as much information as they can from us you ever you ever realize when you come out of a movie theater and you go out into the parking lot and you think to yourself and you're walking around where you think your car is parked and it's like why can't I find my fucking car I know where I put it it's actually an alien that moved your car right. three spaces further than where it actually was when you got to the theater. They rearranged the parking lot in a way where you would never even realize your car had been moved, yeah. but yet your car did move. Well, they want to study our suspension of disbelief so that they can better manipulate us. So they know that we've just come out of this high-octane, cartoony, but inspiring thriller with big musical store- scores and slow-motion punches and stuff. So we're like really, really ready to, to believe anything. So when we come out and see our cars move, just three spots that's not fantastic at all and they love that they eat it up (laughs) (laughs) they eat it up like the food that they serve it's like a little sweet snack (laughs) it's like the little sweet snacks that they serve to the other humans when they were on the peace corps (laughs) (laughs) but not every alien wants to share and not every alien wants to help no there's an entire race of glaxons that are constantly trying to keep the island more altruistic. And truthfully, most aliens are very kind and they uh-huh. want to help, but there is this, these Glaxons. They just, they, they hate all the races of aliens that want to help different, uh, different aliens. Because we are actually the aliens, M. Night. We Wait, are really? the aliens. Well, we're aliens to them. Uh, to us, they're the aliens. Oh, I never thought about it that yeah, way. Yeah, it's like they call us aliens. They're like, I want to help those freaks, those two-legged, two-armed freaks, those bipods. <laughs> they're made is... out of like 90% water. Who the hell's made out of 90% water? How are they not floating around everywhere? How are they not just a puddle? They call us aqua turds. <laughs> <laughs> They're so mean to us. So they're constantly trying to intercept all of the great aliens that are coming to help, which is far majority. Mm -hmm. But they're cunning and they're evil. And because most of the other aliens are so kind, it's easy for them to manipulate, harm, and prevent the kind acts that they're trying to do for us. So there was a great war between the one alien group the Galaxons, and all the other aliens. And there's all sorts of aliens. Most of them look like fish people, but other ones look like like hangers. And some of them look like those things that hamsters play in, but with feet. <laughs> one of them looks like a tank. It's just one, and it's a tank. <laughs> and all of them created a UN type thing that has an unpronounceable name and they decided that they would fight back. No longer will they their kind acts be prevented by the Galaxons. So they created this this great group of all the different races. Some of them look <laughs> Sorry, I dropped something. Some of them look like shoes. <laughs> and they travel in pairs. <laughs> Because they're married at birth. They are born. And they are married. It's a very complicated heritage. But they uh, they procreate quite a bit. And they are a very, very large and formidable army. Are there, diff- are there different kinds of shoes in this army? Say, like, oh, yeah. you have the sneakers and you have the flip-flops. Definitely. And you have... Okay. But they all get along. Okay. They, they all get along. There's and no... they gave us favor. 
They gave us the favorite chain of uh, stores, which are mostly found in uh, shopping centers that have outdoor entrances in the 70s and 80s. And they also gave us Fago, the soft drink. They did. They did. And that was their greatest mistake. <laughs> the Fago was their life force. And when they gave it all away, the poor shoe people became no more very quickly. But we honor them by tap dancing. <laughs> That's and, the and, song of their people, truly. Absolutely is. They also now that Fago has become the official drink of the Insane Clown Posse, the Insane Clown Posse carry on the legacy of the shoe people. Absolutely, by drinking copious amounts of Fago at every chance. <laughs> There's a hidden message in every one of their albums dedicated to the shoe people. Yes, you have to you have to listen to the album backwards three times, um, to to actually hear it. But there are secret messages to the shoe people. Yes. On every record. And that's why juggalos are always drinking their soda out of their shoes. <laughs> out of respect. Oh, man. How do we wrap this up? I don't know. I'm trying to think of where we left off. And I just don't. I think, you know, I think we built a crazy enough world. I think... <laughs> I think... I think this is good. <laughs> I think this is good. You just cut it where I think is. we're good. I think we can leave that open to <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, you figure out the ending this yeah. time. Oh my! Choose your own ending. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. <laughs> wow, Jeremy, you uh, you know how to go places, man. <laughs> driving, I'm just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this has been so much fun, Jeremy. Great thank fun. you, thank you again for joining us today. This has been a blast. Thank you, guys. I had great great time oh no problem we'd love to have you again at some point absolutely thank you so uh so this is the part of the show where we uh where we plug our social media and everything like that so uh jeremy since you are our guest if you'd like to plug your social media and where people can find you uh well i'm jaleeb Carew in most places um the hub of most of my nonsense is probably a wordpress site called wordpress.com slash I believe Jaleeb Carew, but it's called Jaleeb Carew is Dead, and uh, it links to all sorts of ridiculous nonsense. Nice. <laughs> nice. So be sure to go check out his stuff. He's amazing improv comedian, ta- amazing videographer, video producer, so make sure you check out his stuff. Jeremy is awesome. Uh, for me, you can find me on Twitter at E underscore Williamson 93. Uh, most of my dumb tweets will be put there. I like to post a lot of GIFs, so if you like GIFs, Come to my Twitter page. You'll see a lot of gifts. Um, as we said before, you can catch myself at the Improv Comedy Power Hour at Steel yeah. Stacks. I've already talked about that. Rewind back if you want to hear more about that. Uh, so, yeah, come check out a show sometime. How about you, Lynn? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ann Lynn, A-Y-N-N-E-L-N-N. Whenever I do anything on the internet, it goes there. So just follow me on Twitter. Awesome. Join the ride. It's fun. <laughs> Um, we got Nostalgicoff, so we're working on that. That should be released actually the same week as this episode will yes. be. Yes. So this episode will be the last week in March. Correct. And then Nostalgicoffs will be Friday. Yes. So you got like a couple awesome. days in between. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know what else to say. I yeah. think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> so once again, thank you very much to Jeremy for joining us today. Thank you, been guys. A, been a great guest storyteller. We'd love to have you on again. Uh, so thanks again for listening, folks. We will talk to you guys soon. Have a good week. Enjoy yourselves. Bye. Bye.